Um, there's a lot of things going on. And again, if you don't have the card to pitch, which you're pretty likely not to have the card to pitch, um, or if you do have the card to pitch, or if you want to beat the duel, you might have to discard a card because Lady Ligia's there. There's, there is so much going on. Like, you just think about it, you go, well, actually, you could do this, but look at all these horrible things that will happen right. if you do and if you don't. Howdy, friends. Craig here. It's time to talk about the Resurrectionist Master Jack Daw. These guys do a really good job of uh, showing how you can maximize your guilty models. It's interesting to find out why they like Jakuna. You won't be surprised to find this out, but uh, you're going to learn why he can be such a negative play experience. They only talk about one versatile model that they like to hire. We get to hear a strong case for why you should be hiring Drowned. And at the very end, there's a great segment on mistakes experienced players make. Enjoy. strategy game allows you to unplug and test your skills against friends. Every week, Third Floor Wars delivers useful strategies, discussions, battle reports, and reviews to tabletop games like Malifaux. If you want to get better at the games you already play or discover the games other people are playing, you are in the right place. Craig and Ray welcome you to the third floor and the Tabletop Talk broadcast. Craig here on the third floor. Today we're going to do a deep dive into the Resurrectionist Master Jack Daw and how the Tormented Crew works in Malifaux 3rd Edition. My guests today are Michael Roper and Jamie Varney. Now you likely know Jamie as one of the top Reser players in the UK. Now he's been on the show several times and you'll want to check out his deep dive episodes and I'll have those linked in the show notes. So Jamie, welcome back to the third floor. Hello again. What have you been doing other than playing by you? Um, I've actually been playing Explorer Society. Oh, really? Um, yeah, so I took Explorer Society to an event a couple of weeks ago, and I'm taking them to an event tomorrow as well. Um, actually, just McCabe um, with the fixed 50 soul stone of options that he currently has as Explorer Society. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but now, yeah, no, I'm having a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I mean, he is funny. Uh, the only thing I really know about him, obviously, is through, um, through uh, Alex uh, Drake. Um, is, are you finding him as good as Alex likes him? Yeah, I mean, he's he's doing very well for me, and he has no supporting models outside his keyword and no upgrades. So <laughs> even in Explorer Society, he's doing quite well. So the power of him in Thunders must be insane at the moment. <laughs> are you saying Thunders are good, Jamie? <laughs> I think good is a massive understatement. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so our second guest is uh, is Michael. He's uh, new to the show, but not new to me. He's a good buddy of mine here in the North Carolina Conference, or the Carolinas Conference, I should say, um, and a longtime Reser player. So Michael, welcome to the third floor. Great to be here. So, Mike, how did you find uh, miniature gaming and specifically Malifaux? Well, it's the old story of Wharton. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, friend of mine, I used to play Magic. Then I got in some other card games after that. And just one day he came out with it and he was like, hey, tabletop game, if you want to try it, it's really cool, da-da-da. And he's like, it uses cards. And I was like, hold on, you got my attention there. And he was like, yeah, it just uses a poker deck and you just flip for the duels and you have a little bit more control. I was like... It's not dice. You have my interest. And it just, it sank in from there. Nice. So was Malfo your first mini game? Yep. 
No kidding. Very nice. Uh, pretty hard to explore other ones after that, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, because uh, one of the guys out here tried to show me God tier a little bit. Yeah. And that looks pretty good, but just it didn't have the same feel. Yeah, I hear God tier is really good. I know that um, James Doxy's really been enjoying it. Uh, and then uh, Jim here, Jim Ortiz, one of the local players, he's uh, he's a big fan of it as well. I have not played it, but I've also not heard a bad word spoken about it. It looks really nice. Yeah, the models are pretty pretty good. I've seen a couple painted up on Instagram. So, guys, what we're going to try to do is, um, you know, give everybody a feel for Jack Daw, specifically uh, the Tormented Crew uh, being played on the Rezzer side. Um, I want to get an idea from both of these gentlemen, really. How how does the crew play? How does Jack Daw play? Uh, what are some decisions that you should make if you're going to bring him into specific pools or depending on uh, what the opponent is, whether any changes are going to happen there? We'll even cover the core crew and also how we can counter or what is Jack Daw afraid of so jamie let's start with you can you give the listeners a quick overview of jack daw so let's pretend someone listening's never played him never played against him what kind of style master is he he's quite an aggressive master he's got a couple of different things going on i think one of the main mechanics you need to be aware of if you've never played with or against jack is going to be his uh, undying ability um so jack only has six wounds which sounds absolutely crazy for a master but Jack has an ability that when he would suffer damage, he may discard a card, and if he does so, the damage that he suffers is changed to one irreducible damage. So effectively, you're potentially having to hit him six times. Um, now, this is backed up with plenty of options of healing as well, so he's quite survivable as long as you're careful with your resources. And that immediately means that you know, you've got to pay attention to your control hand, right? Absolutely, yeah. You've got to, you've got to play really really carefully with your resources because if you get in a situation where you are in trouble and you're getting a, a, your opponent's getting a lot of attacks through you'll quickly find jack disappearing off the table so michael i would imagine if uh, someone's putting pressure on jack uh you kind of look at your control hand in a different way not as a way to win duels as much as a way to reduce damage or um you know how does that how, how does that management work uh sort of back and forth because what i love about doll is the fact that I've always loved whenever you can look at your hand and every card matters. So whenever you pull your opening hand, if you're looking at it, you're like, ah, that's a two, a three, and a three, and this hand doesn't look that great. With Daw, you're actually really comfortable with that because that's your damage reduction. And then those high cards are you actually pushing a duel in your favor. But yes. another thing. Oh, I'm sorry. So I would imagine then in that situation, you know, obviously, let's say that someone's moving in on Jack uh, and you've got, you know, a severe in your hand. Uh, it's worth cheating in to win the duel because otherwise you're going to end up pitching it potentially to uh, prevent the damage anyway. Right. Definitely. But that kind of goes into another part of the front of his card, which is on all of his tormented models. They have the base ability torment, which is at the end of the activation. If they've damaged an enemy model that has an upgrade, you'll draw a card. So you're in between activations, you're going to continue to keep up a hand. So his damage reduction doesn't run out so fast. Yeah. And, and I think the biggest note there is that it's damaging, right, Jamie? It's not necessarily killing a model. Yeah, that's right. Um, so there's another bit. So there's a few bits I think we need to go through here because that leads into then Jack's injustice ability, which is when right. a tormented model in his crew would draw one or more cards. He may instead heal one for each card that would have been drawn. So that your your health pool is a resource that goes hand in hand with your cards. And the, the the next bit, so I think this bit depends on how you play Jack. 
is a massive part of his survival mechanic is the pressure that he puts on your hand and his terrifying. Um, so I think I, the, certainly the way I play Jack is that he gets rid of the opponent's hand as quickly as he can because that is his main survival mechanic. If they're not passing those terrifying jewels, he's not having to pitch cards. Right. And if, you know, if you're in a situation too where your control hand by just by sheer nature is, it has pressure on it, right? Because of this mechanic that we're talking about, in order to kind of even the playing field, you're going to want to put that much pressure on your opponent. Otherwise, they're just going to be one up on you as far as being able to cheat. Absolutely. So, uh, Michael, it talks about, you know, an upgrade. So let's quickly talk about how these upgrades are getting on the opponent. Okay. Well, the three main models that can do it in DOS crew will be Jack Dahl himself. The Hanged and the Guilty. Hanged have it on a bonus ability. Daw has it on one of his regular abilities. And Guilty is if you kill it, its demise ability will hand you one of the Tormented Upgrade. They all fall under the special Cursed style, which is what Daw works off of. He'll try to give you these negative upgrades and then take advantage of that by having his crew attack you for that. I get more cards to either heal, reduce, or push the duels. And you're getting staggered. I get to push you around or you're taking more damage. You're discarding more. I get a bigger hand. It's a lot of things in my favor. And it just, it's a very aggressive snowball type style once it can get moving. So out of curiosity, Jamie, um, obviously this is going to be on average, but how, how many upgrades are you going to have dished out at any point in time? Um, I guess that depends what you're doing with Jack. Um, you'll, you'll always try to get the hand putting one out in each of its activations. Um, Jack, you're generally... Well, I, I generally put try and put two out turn one if I can, but you're at least trying to get one out. And then that will depend... Your turn two will depend on what threats are around Jack and how many upgrades you've already got out. So there's a variance there, right? And it kind of depends on really what the opponent does to a certain degree, I would expect. Yeah, so if Jack's, if Jack's threatened, he can go full aggro and take a model off. Um, but if he's not particularly threatened, then he's probably better off just throwing some more upgrades out at turn two. And in its own way, by doing that, supporting the rest of the crew and helping him keep himself alive. Exactly, yeah. And the, the other thing, so the other thing that Jack plays around with, which uh, has already slightly been mentioned, is Staggered. Um, and Staggered plays a big part in the synergies that he's got on his actions and other models in the crew as well. So let's talk, you talk about eliminating models. Let's talk about his offensive capabilities. How is he t- deleting models? So he's, his, his, well, so we'll talk about the two attack actions. So, so the way he's putting out upgrades is suppressed memories, which does damage when he's doing it. So it's two, three, three damage track. And if the target is an enemy model, you can attach an injustice upgrade to it. Um, he's got an ability to, or a trigger to, uh, place to the a model with on your heels which is a great way to get him around the board because otherwise he's not the most mobile master. Um, other than that, once he's got the upgrades out or he's attacking a staggered model generally, um, he's got a stat 6 attack that attacks move at range 1 in melee. Uh, that does 2-3-4 damage, and if the target has staggered, it must discard a card. So that's instantly a way you're looking at putting that pressure on your opponent's hand. Um, he's got a few different triggers on that. The two main ones you're going to be looking at is Can't Breathe on a Ram, which is if the target has staggered, when resolving it suffers plus two damage. Nice. So that takes him to a crazy four, five, six damage track. And then he's got an Execute on a Crow. So if we're looking at pressuring the opponent's hand, if you're doing that attack against a staggered model, which you're always going to try to be doing, 
and you're triggering execute, which you're going to stone for or have a card for if you're trying to get rid of the opponent's hand, they're discarding a card and then another card or a stole stone as well. So out of curiosity, um, Jamie, how many stones do you usually run Jack with? I So I've got two. It depends on the list. I do have a list that runs with eight. Okay. Um, which is the execute list. The idea behind it is between Jack and Monty, um, I get rid of your hand and then try and execute your models. Um, but you can you could run with less. I probably wouldn't. Um, well, I, I probably would run with less, but I wouldn't run with less than five with Jack, really. Yeah. I think his triggers are so big, and he needs to be able to take out a threat that's there. So you need to be able to force through that round trigger or force through that crow trigger. Um, the exception probably being in outcasts where the prospect is a great choice for him and can generate extra stones you might drop a little bit lower yeah that that could definitely make sense so michael out of curiosity i mean we kind of gone over his you know how he stays on the table with the i mean it's a it's an integral part of what makes jack daw jack daw what i'd like to know though is for you uh how how often is jack seeing turn five almost always for me because the amount of resources you have to sink into him his melee attack will try to force you to discard a card. If you get that execute, that's another card or a stone. I'm going to be slowing down your move with the staggered. He just, he sucks out all of your resources. You don't get a hand. You don't get as much mobility. You have to really look back at your crew and go, well, I've lost a lot of my tricks. What can I do now? It's really hard to get past this terrifying because also another thing on the front of his card was that aura six, one less willpower. Oh, yeah. So that terrifying 12 really reads like a 13. And whenever you're trying to just flip the top card of your deck only, you can't do much. Even right. whenever you hit him, it's only one damage. The next activation, I'll shoot with a dead outlaw and surprise, I'm back to full health again. Yep. Yep. Now, how about you, Jamie? Is he, does he pretty much see the end of the game for most of your games or? Usually, uh, yeah, he usually does, and it's again exactly as as was just discussed is is that he puts the pressure on, gets rid of your hand, and then you just can't hit him. Um, now, I think people who have faced Jack a few times will wise up and build their crew a little bit uh, cleverly to get around his tricks. But against against most people, or any certainly against anyone that's never played Jack, they're in for a really bad time trying to kill him. And the other thing to mention, which we sort of touched on, where he's dropping your willpower, actually, his suppressed memory attack is then attacking your willpower that is lowered by one. Nice. And actually, if you're staggered, his melee attack is attacking your move, which is then lowered by two. And a lot of the crew is attacking your movement as well. So that, that staggered has a lot more of an impact um, as far as being able to dish out the, the hurt. Yeah, it really does. Yep. Um, so, and I think I know the answer to this, Jamie, but um, let's say at end of turn three, you lose Jack for whatever reason, right? Um, is, does that mean you're going to be in a lot of trouble? You're in a lose more situation at that point? How, how linchpin is he in the crew or is the crew okay on four and five without him? They're okay without him because he's, for me, he is killing models. And if he's gone, it's going to depend what he's achieved up until that point. Right. Um, he he generally goes for the biggest, nastiest ball of enemy models, puts upgrades on them, and then just throws away their cards so that they can't touch him. Um, and if he's doing that, if he goes down but he's taken two, three, four models with him, that's that's been a fair trade. Yep. Yeah. If he's taken out 15 points, 
15, 20 points worth of models and you're, you're good with that trade. But it's good to know that he's not so, he's not a linchpin to the crew that they can actually get some work done without him, though I'm sure that's less than ideal. So guys, I think that gives us a good idea of really kind of how Jack Daw plays and feels, but, uh, I think it's really amplified by the tormented crew. Um, this is one of those keywords where, uh, they work together as a team. He's not a, uh, run out and do his own thing type of master. Um, and there's a lot of these mechanics that we've talked about that bleed through. So let's take a quick break. And when we get back, I want to learn from both of these gentlemen, really what their core crew is. Um, and, uh, what are the models that, uh, they use for beating as well as scheming. So we'll be right back. Quoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. So, uh, boy, Jack is, uh, just such a different master, which, you know, what makes me happy. I love keywords that are unique and there's so many in, in Malifaux third edition that are just really kind of their own thing. Um, so Michael, for you, um, obviously the first thing you're going to bring in is the totem. So can we talk about, uh, Jack's totem? Definitely. Lady Ligia, if that's how you pronounce it, Ligia, I've heard it differently. She's a very cheap, not very particularly amazing totem. But she has one very good front of card ability that really makes her worth it, which is Betrayal. It's enemy models within Aura 6, much east discard a card to cheat fate, which can be crippling on the resources we've already talked about. Yeah. Is every time you're like, hey, he cheated a high card. I really need this door to go through. I want to hurt Jack. Lose two cards to hit me once and only end up doing one damage. Well, and that's that's even going to need to happen if you're trying to get through the terrifying and need to cheat to make the terrifying. Oh, yeah. It works yeah, on that... everything for cheating fate, including if I attack you, if you attack me, terrifying, any simple duel, just everything makes you discard a card just to cheat fate. It includes your own simple duels. Yeah, and I think it, probably the big challenge, obviously, I would imagine, is uh, making sure ladies in the right place and also is uh, kept safe as well. Yeah. So what's your first hire then? Hanged. Okay, let's talk about the hanged. For eight cost, you get a defense for willpower six. They only have move four, but that's very deceiving. They have terrifying 12 and incorporeal, so pretty regular defensive right there. But they have an ability called forever doomed. This model treats any black jokers it flips or cheats as red jokers. And enemy models treat any red jokers that they flip or cheat and oppose duels with this model as black jokers. This is hilariously dumb how much this comes up <laughs> because it's usually if I, t I almost always take double hanged 
just because they're so annoying to get through. It's what the crew wants to do is waste your resources. So to get through that, the amount of times that I've seen people flip a red joker at damage or just in a duel, it's, it's painfully hilarious. Daw will always be a little bit of a negative play experience because you're going to have at least one or two really bad moments against them because everything you wanted to go right just will not. Well, and, and then, you know, having a black joker in your uh, control hand has a different feel to it as long as you, you know, relegate that to the activation for the hanged, right? Oh, yeah. That's what I was talking about with, like, everything in your hand always feels amazing. Right. In this crew, when you see a black joker, it's gold. Very nice. Um, now, what what job do the hang, other than, you know, ticking off your opponent, what, what is their job on the table? They normally play for my beaters along with Jack Dahl. But then one other thing I wanted to get to on the front card abilities is on top of all these other defenses and jokers being the dirtiest thing with them, they're also attuned. So oh, they play nice. like they were a henchman. Um, and that kind of gives us a little bit even more insight to what Jamie was saying, which is running pretty high stones. Yeah. That's why I was, I normally go with the seven or eight just because yeah. the amount that you'll do for your suits on your duels or just preventing damage. This is how most of the crew will actually survive pretty much forever. And their ability to use soul stones is going to give a whole new perspective as far as uh, his attack actions. So when we talk yeah. about the attacks actions and the, he's got some interesting triggers. Yeah. So I was wanting to make sure I mentioned that first is the same thing as Jack Daw. They have dead man's collar, the one inch six against move. But they have the built-in ram. Nice. It's the two, three, four. If you're staggered, you have to discard a card. Their built-in ram trigger is way down. And this is on a good variety of Jack Dawes models, which is the target must have an upgrade attached when resolving deal plus one damage. So they're usually a min three beater. Right. Because they're going to use the bonus action that they have. Horrifying Whispers is a 10-inch range, six against your willpower. Again, if you're near Daw you have one less willpower. It's an enemy only attach a forbidden upgrade to the target. That's just their cursed upgrade that they'll give you. Out of curiosity, um, uh, Mike, like I'm trying to get a sense of how important it is to get that up, those upgrades out. So let's say for example, you're, you have a horrifying whispers and you're trying to push that through. I mean, do you hesitate to cheat in a severe to make that happen? How important is that, um, that handing out the upgrades? I think it sounds like it's really important. It's very important. Yeah, I will easily put the best cards in my hand towards it because the more things that are upgraded, uh, one of the things to keep in mind about Da, he has a bonus action Fickle Tormentor, which is a pulse four for all the enemy models, each different one that has one of the cursed upgrades, he'll draw a card. Oh, so nice. keeping all of these upgrades out as much as possible is critical to keeping Da go from two health. You almost had him dead, draw four cards. and Now he's back to max health. Got it. Got it. So Jamie is, is hang the first place you go as well. Um, I do, I do normally take at least one hanged. Um, and I quite like them as a scheme. I'm not going to say runner cause they're definitely not a scheme runner. Um, but they're, they've got a trigger on their, uh, melee attack to drop a scheme mark in contact with the enemy and they can use stones. So it's a great way to get schemes for stuff like detonate charges and other things that are, are, are in the area you're going to be playing in, which is the only kind of schemes you take with Jack. Um, but actually the thing that I hire first when I'm pl uh, building a Jack door crew is actually an upgrade and that oh. is grave spirits touch on Jack. Nice. Um, regeneration on Jack is super amazing. It is well worth those two stones in any game. 
Yeah. Yeah. Again, it, and if anything, it would be just, it's even that much more of a deterrent. Like don't go into Jack unless you're going to finish the job. Yeah. He can go with Grave Spirit's touch and even without it potentially, but with Grave Spirit's touch, he can go from one health to six health in his activation comfortably. That's, that's a big deal. So if you're not hiring, uh, sorry. So you get to the upgrade, you're looking at one or two hanged. Uh, what else is on your uh, core list, Jamie? I really, really like his henchman, uh, Montresor. Um, he is a defense six, willpower five, ten wound model. Uh, so fairly standard for nine stones. He is terrifying eleven, which is sometimes twelve if he's playing near Jack. Uh-huh. Um, probably the most important thing that he has that synergizes with the crew is that enemy models cannot end the staggered condition within six of him. Now, if we bear in mind, a lot of his stuff is attacking movement. Um, then you've got the hanged and jack making you discard cards if you're staggered as well you want to keep that staggered about and actually your opponent's important models that are activating early would normally lose staggered but if Montresor stood there they won't um, he also has an ability that enemy models that start their activation within six of him that are staggered suffer one damage so there's a bit of ping damage there which goes along with another model that puts ping damage on and Montresor's bonus action which does um, ping damage to staggered models as well. Um, he's also got Demise Eternal. So he's got quite a lot going on on wow. the front of his card, as well as a solid back of card with 2-3-4 damage um, on an attack that attacks move and gives out staggered automatically. Yeah, that's a lot of value for 9 stones. Um, is that an early hire for you as well, Michael? Definitely. Most games, but not every game, because I've really mixed between Rezzers and Outcast. And so I've gotten really flexible with with and without Montresor. The other really must-have for me in most games is at least one Guilty. Because the flexibility on them is ballistic for this crew. They have Hard to Wound, Torment, and the Demise that I mentioned earlier. That after this model is killed by an enemy, you attach the Wicked upgrade. But the big cheese on them is Guilty as Charged. Friendly Tormented models may treat this model as an enemy for the purposes of actions, abilities, and triggers. Okay. Jack Daw, on his ranged attack for 8 inches, has the mass trigger on your heels. Hanged have the same thing. A lot of the crew has a way to deal with enemy only, but they can also make a guilty be treated like that. So Daw can attack a guilty and use the mass trigger for like a 1 or 2 mask out of your hand and suddenly port 8 inches, basically almost 10 inches worth because base to base on the other side, which makes him surprisingly mobile. Yeah. can go from a 10 inches over here to jumping over the guilty about an inch and a half worth, almost 14 inches, 10 plus one and a half plus about an inch on them, about 12, 13 inches or so. So even at the move five or move four that you read, if there's a guilty somewhere around you, I can probably get to you from that guilty. So, Jamie, out of curiosity with the guilty, um, with that demise and the ability to, you know, be treating friendlies as enemies, do you ever find yourself in a situation where you're killing a guilty to get out upgrades? No. Yeah. Um, so the, the guilty's upgrade, um, is really, really good. Um, I'm just bringing it up now. Sorry. Cool. Um, yeah. So the, the guilty's upgrade, um, says that after this model, the, it gives an upgrade to the enemy model that kills it. Um, 
It gives you found guilty plus one, so it increases the opposing crew's maximum hand size by one. Oh, so if wow. you're giving that to your opponent, then that's increasing your maximum hand size by one. Um, and it also has a demise, gives the opponent opposing model a demise ability, which means that after it is killed, the opposing player, which would be the jackdaw player, may summon an enemy guilty into base contact with this model, and then the summoned model suffers two damage. So you're getting a four wound guilty. Whoever kills the guilty, you then kill them and get a four wound guilty back. Very nice. And and uh, on a typical game, Mike, how often are you summoning guilty? Fairly often, because when I was talking about the mobility trick, that usually damages your own guilty. Right. Which the big mantra that I've had is abuse your guilty, but don't kill them. I don't care if it's at one health. I'm happy with that. It's mm-hmm. a free, easy kill for you because I want you to kill it and take that upgrade. And then I'll kill you right back. Because it's even easier now that you're cursed. I can jump up to you, I hit you, and I kill you. I dealt damage to a person, now I'm drawing a card. And I got my guilty back. Yeah, and so that demise ability becomes its own defensive tech. Very much so. Gotcha. Um, what are some other key models that we should know about, Jamie? Um, so I really like Jakuna, and I know not everyone is a fan of her. Um, I like her in Yurami and Tormented. Um, so she's she's got vengeance which is always nice a bit of ping damage serene countenance and incorporeal which keep her around quite nicely um there's a few different reasons i like her though so she the main reason is drowning aura which is a three inch aura around her that is hazardous terrain now she's got ways to move you jack has a built-in trigger on his suppressed memories to push a tormented model within line of sight um, up to three inches towards a uh, target, a push tormented model within line of sight of the target, up to three inches towards the target. So you can target another model with a cursed upgrade that you've put on and push it, which is into that aura. Yep. Um, you've got a few different things going on, um, and Staggered makes it really hard for people to get out of her little bubble of pain that she puts around. Um, and I just think she's a good model. She can lure Jack out of trouble if he's in trouble. Um, she can put Staggered on with her combat attack. She can move models around. I just think she's a solid piece for eight stones. Quite hard to deal with, especially if you're getting rid of the opponent's resources. Well, yeah, and uh, you know, obviously you want your opponent to be in certain places, right, with all these auras that we're seeing off of Montrosser and uh, off of Jack. So, I mean, it's a stat seven lure. That's a big deal. Yeah, I really like her. Like, I, I agree. I see, say that she's probably not on every time higher, but I, I hire her quite often. I think she, she works really well with that sort of horrible bubble of misery that Jack puts you in. <laughs> Michael, do you find yourself in the camp of liking or uh, not really caring about her? I very much like her. She's, like he said, not an always hire, but when the schemes kind of line up for it, her lure can be backbreaking to like pull somebody off outflank at the last second. Her melee, along with that Drowning Aura, has a mass trigger, you're coming with me. So you can push the target up to three, then push this model back into base contact with it. So that's even more ping damage. If they're already close to her, she even has more ways to keep jerking them around and keep doing more of her base. The two, three, five on her melee six against defense, one inch. So she's already got you on a pretty good stat. She's going to grab you, pull you around, do more ping damage and more ping damage. If you get too close to Jakuna, it's gonna hurt a lot. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah, the other thing, the other thing to bear in mind with that as well is that you're when you're in this bubble, you're going to activate, have stagger, take a damage from Montasaur, 
being hazardous aura so then as soon as soon as you do something you're going to take another damage as well um and then you're just going to be surrounded by terrifying models and and it's yeah it's pretty gross the hangs upgrade um potentially can move enemy models if they don't discard cards like it's there's a lot going on that can really take advantage to bits of ping damage yeah i was about to say i, I can imagine that when it's going against you it's just got to be just brutal to be anywhere in the mix like that yeah, it's it's something like actually something that is genuinely um, people feel really bad sometimes, <laughs> um, and, and this is I'm sure Michael will agree that you can people can have a real feel bad against Jack. You can yeah. have no resources, you can't attack anything because it's terrifying. If you're you're taking damage for activating, you're taking damage for moving. If you try and get away, they'll pull you back or they'll jump to you, and you just feel trapped and like you have no answers to it. Um, now, what we'll get, we'll get to that later in the how to beat him bit, but it is a, that is a real thing. He, he can be a horrendous thing to play against if you don't know what's coming. Yeah, one of those keywords that the first time you face it, you hop on a weird place afterwards and uh, start crying a river about how broken tormented is. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Matt Lewin, <laughs> Matt Lewin of, uh, of internet fame still does that. There's a little dig. He'll love that. <laughs> so, and to be clarified, that's Matt. I play Arcanist Lewin. That's complaining about broken <laughs> no, stuff. Yeah, okay, no, good. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, Mike, you made a mention of, the, of this model. I want to talk about it real quick. Talk, talk to me about Dead Outlaw. Do you bring him in? I do fairly often. Because they're sort of my go-to minion, aside from Guilty or Hanged. Because they are, for a six cost, you're getting somebody hard to wound with seven wounds. So they're already got that Rezzer kind of feel to them. They have Cursed Bullets, which is, it's attack actions ignore friendly fire when targeting tormented models or when targeting models engaged by tormented models. Nice. So you don't really have friendly fire in your own keyword. Yep. They have Gunfighter, so their their gun is also a one-inch melee. But they have run and gun from the bandit keyword. So at a move five with a 12 inch gun, five against defense, they have a good threat range to keep bouncing around and still land a lot of shots on you. Well, and that mobility, I think, would also potentially make them a candidate as a scheme runner that can kind of hold its own. Oh, yeah, that's what I definitely go for as a scheme runner after the other stuff. My guilty yep. will kind of go around but stay outside of the fighting bubble because where I mentioned with on your heels. If Daw or Hang, anybody's in real danger, they can just look backwards and go, hey, look, there's a guilty. I'm going to jump over there out of danger. Right. My dead outlaws are kind of just running way around the bubble, doing whatever schemes I need and popping in some shots whenever they want to. So, Jamie, out of curiosity, who are you using to drop ski markers? Um, I don't often take schemey schemes with Jack. If I do, it's going to be the Hanged um, or... The Dead Outlaw's got a trigger as well. There's a couple of other synergies on the Dead Outlaw as well. Um, so it ignores friendly fire when it's targeting tormented models or models engaged by tormented models, which your upgrades are putting out tormented as well, which is really, really good. Oh, right. Um, the other the other thing it's got is an 8-inch range um, stat 6 versus willpower, which is being reduced by Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, target um, non-enemy leader model, uh, non-leader enemy model, um, within three of an enemy scheme marker. Target must either discard a random card or take a non-bonus action. So this is discarding a card that they don't have. So it's basically a free obey. Right. Um, which then, if they're in range of Jakuna, that's another ping damage. It's got a built-in trigger to do plus one damage as well, and then you can have it attack one of its own friendly models. Like, there's so much going on yeah. there. Um, there's a lot of things going on. And again, if you don't have the card to pitch, which you're pretty likely not to have the card to pitch, um, or if you do have the card to pitch, or if you want to beat the duel, you might have to discard a card because 
Lady Ideas there. There's, there is so much going on. Like, you just think about it, you go, well, actually, you could do this, but look at all these horrible things that will happen right. if you do and if you don't. Yeah. If you do nothing, this happens. And if you do something, this happens. And uh, yeah, that sounds like a ton of fun. So I, I'd be curious to know with so many synergies, um, are you ever hiring uh, or bringing in versatile models? And if so, which ones? Yes. And one, and that is the bone pile oh. for healing. Um, and that is just a get, I bring one bone pile as, and he follows Jack around as a emergency break glass. I'm going to heal Jack. Um, but I, I just think they're a good model anyway. Um, I think they, they get two AP and a heal. I don't, I, there's, if you've got any need for healing in the crew, I think they're pretty good. Jack can normally hold his own, but I really like to time Jack's activation and not be forced to activate him because he's in trouble. And actually, if you heal Jack three, he can, he can go on for another two, three activations without worrying. Right. So I do like a bone pile. Aside from that, I keep it pretty in keyword. How about you, Michael? Same thing as bone pile. You can yeah, have it kind yeah. of follow around because the bonus to heal them a bit or remove a condition can oh, be right. massive on the once we get to the how to counter jack. It's mm-hmm. actually the counter to the counter jack that everybody first looks at. So, Michael, we talked about, uh, you know, the fact that Jamie likes to put uh, Grave Spirit Touch on Jack. Are are you finding yourself using any other Rezzer upgrades in the crew? Uh, sometimes I'll put Whisper on Hanged if it's against somebody particular like Zareta where she wants to obey, I'm going to get them into her crew. So I don't want them to immediately start trying to kill each other. It makes it a lot harder with the, cause it'll give them intuition. So at the start of activation, they can look at the top three, put them back in any order. So they can kind of set up their actions the way they want. After they kill an enemy model, you can draw a card. So that's even more healing for Daw, or right. just keeping your hands stocked up, ready to reduce damage win the right duels. But the minion-only ability is stubborn. Enemy attack actions that are resisted by willpower suffer a negative when targeting this model. So such as obey or just any really nasty willpower attack you kind of see coming, if you know like against Terra, a lot of her stuff is willpower attacks. You can kind of set this up to be a little extra layer of wasted cards. When you flip Pandora, anything like that. Yeah, because when you flip that extra card on a negative or you waste an action trying to focus up and concentrate, that's one less thing you have against me. It's always about pulling one more piece out of you, one more resource you didn't get to have you wanted. Yep. Um, so how about you, Jamie? Do you find yourself using Whisper? Um, I don't often, but I can see the merits of it. I just generally, there's so many things I want in a Jack crew that I don't <laughs> have space. Like I, I fit Grave Spirits touch in, but uh, you want a big stone pool as well. It's hard right. to fit it all in. There's also um, another model I quite like that's Tormented, which we haven't talked about, which just feeds even more into the how horrible it can be if you get caught in this. Um, and that is the Drowned. Um, so it's a Defense 4, Willpower 5 model, 7 wounds. It's got Combat Finesse, which makes it quite hard to deal with and hard to wound. The main reason that I'm going to talk about this is because it drops Riptide markers, um, which is a hazardous damage 1 staggered marker. It then has a way to push you around on both of its attacks and a bonus action to give you staggered. So I think if we then build a bigger picture of you're in Jakunazora and you're on a Riptide marker... <laughs> and then he's pushing you around and you're staggered. Like it's it's just there's so many little bits of damage that you can 
activate and if you do any actions just die i'm getting a negative play experience hearing about this <laughs> yeah it's it's super campy if you don't prepare for it sure sure well guys let's take a quick break when we get back from the break i want to find out when jack dog comes out of the case so we're going to learn what are some strategies that J- uh, the tormented crew does well in what are some schemes that they like to see when they're playing tormented and what are some schemes you shouldn't take if you are facing tormented we'll be right back Howdy friends, Craig here. Nothing makes Malifaux easier than having the right tools. Here at the third floor, we love all the licensed Malifaux goodies from Custom Meeple. Not only are they helping support this podcast, they sell custom-made weird licensed tokens and terrain. They sell it all. Crew boxes, terrain, markers, tokens, and even a 3x3 full Malifaux board. Custom Meeple sells a complete M3E token set covering every marker and token you need to play. Custom Meeple are the source for the official accessories for Malifaux. Everything is designed by hand and authorized by Weird Games. Check them out at custommeeple.com, that's with one M, or follow the link in the show notes. Up your Malifaux game and be sure to tell them Craig from the third floor sent you. If you use the promo code third floor friend, all one word, T-H-I-R-D-F-L-O-O-R-F-R-I-E-N-D, you'll get a 5% discount and help support the podcast. It's valid on everything except retail products and playmats. So, you know, one of the key things to know how to do in Malifaux is to know when to bring a keyword out of the case. You know, when, when is this scenario, when is this, uh, the scheme pool, the strategy, the whole, uh, the opponent, when is it time to, to pull that keyword out? So Jamie, when does tormented come out of the case? What, what is, what do you need to see? Um, generally, you should bring Tormented out when you don't like your opponent very much. Um, <laughs> no, but seriously, um, so Tormented tormented is a great keyword for a killie game, um, a great keyword for an aggressive game. Um, it, I find it doesn't spread across the board very well. Um, it will take over a part of the board, pull you in, and make it the most horrible place to be. Um, so by that token, you need to look at the game and see, is your opponent going to be forced to interact with you? If they're not, then Tormented probably isn't the right choice. Right. Um, something like Turf War, where you can push across the centre and they've got to come towards you to go, to do anything with it, um, is going to be a good choice for him. Reckoning's a good choice where they've got to come and interact with you. Uh, so something like Plant Explosives or Corrupted Idols, where your opponent can just stay away from you uh, is tormented will not be the best choice you probably could take them you probably would regret it over some of our other stronger choices for those options and the schemes is going to be the same thing for me Um, you need to look at where you're going to be on the board Um, does your opponent have the opportunity to score their points without interacting with you without coming anywhere near you or being far enough away that you're not going to be able to influence them with your models because you have some tricks to get around the board but really once you get a a little bit up to up the board you're going to wanting to be set up count there keep your opponent there and kill their models how about you michael is do you kind of go through that same process as far as evaluating whether tormented comes out or not definitely turf war and reckoning are usually the best go-to's just because, like we've mentioned before, the auras that he puts out can be so devastating when put together that when you cover up around some turf markers, you don't want to ever get near that area. And you're not going to get all the way behind me to get my other turf markers, so I can start to just creep that forward into you. Reckoning is just, it's really tough crew, and it can easily execute you out of nowhere, anything like that, just tear you down. 
So those are definitely great strats. I like stuff like dig or take for schemes particularly, because like we said with Jakuna, she can be this little like sucked out pit where you just fall in and you can't get away from that. So take prisoner can be really easy because whenever you try to deny it, somebody runs in, just stands near. If I put a cursed upgrade on it, I have a lot of little tricks to just scooch you just a little bit too far out. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Be, it, it gives you the ability to control that enemy placement, which is key for something like that. So out of curiosity, Michael, if someone's facing a tormented crew, what is the tormented crew hard counter on a scheme basis? What should you not pick if you're playing tor- against tormented? I definitely would not try to go with vendetta on most of the crew or assassinate. It's just a, the crew is so annoying and taking away all your resources and it takes so many more resources to try to get through them that attempting to kill certain models can just be way too much AP wasted, way too many resources burnt through, that anything else probably could have been a better choice. How about you, Jamie? If uh, What schemes should someone pick against Tormented? Schemes where they don't have to come and play your game. Right. Um, schemes where they can stay away from you. Schemes where they don't have to come anywhere near your models um, yeah. is generally a good choice. Yes. Yeah, so it sounds like you're going to want to bring you're going to want to bring Jack out when it looks like the pool fits his game, his style, what he's trying to do, and where he's going to try to do it. And if you are faced in that situation, you're going to tr- try to do everything you can to try to score points outside of. Uh, you know, doing what Jack wants you to do anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, guys, let's take another break. When we get back, I want to talk about second level play. I want to learn from these guys. What are things that they discovered about a tormented crew after they got in several games? And then we'll also talk about how to counter this part. Uh, we're officially retitling this segment, the Matt Lewin segment. So stay tuned. Hi there, this is Owen from the Nova Open, and I am a $5 patron of Third Floor Wars because I love supporting the whole Malifaux community. I want to help Craig and the whole Third Floor Wars team continue making the fantastic content that gets me through my daily commute. You should join me in supporting the show. Just pause this episode, head to patreon.com and search Third Floor Wars, or grab the link in the show notes. See you there. Want to do a quick shout out for our all-time top patrons, Nick Westbrook, Craig Chuba, Stephen Morris, Kevin Smith, Sam Newman, James Hahn, Jeremy Peace, Ambrose Ingram, and Corinne Solez. It's because of you guys and gals that uh, we're able to do what we do. This ends up being one of my favorite segments inside of any deep dive, because not only do we learn how to really turn up the volume um, on a uh, keyword, but we also learn, you know, when you're starting with a new keyword, it gives you a little bit of insight as you start getting good with the keyword, what you can look forward to. And then, of course, we'll be covering the counters. So, Jamie, what did you discover um, or what do you consider second level play when it comes to uh, Tormented? There's a lot to remember when you're playing with Jack's crew. Um so there's, it's going to be down to a few different areas when you've got enough upgrades out or when it's better to attack or put an upgrade out. Also, remembering all your auras, remembering to draw cards, remembering that you've got the option to heal before you grab that card up. Um, thinking about what what position you're putting your opponent in. Actually, a lot of playing Tormented is deciding... Is that attack worth it, or is it more valuable to put your crew in a position or put your opponent in a position where they've got 
a lot of bad choices that's really going to tilt their play really going to affect their headspace and what what they've what the options they've got are and actually you could do an attack with someone like jacuna or actually you could position yourself where you're affecting an extra one or two models that are then going to take hazardous damage when they activate have to try and disengage from her and have other things going on as well so there is a lot going on there to think about more than just what models should i attack what 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 am i doing here you've got so many things to remember so many different instances of damage so many special rules and abilities and auras that you need to keep in check with jack's um uh, minus to your willpower you've got montresors staggered auras uh yep. you've got jacunas hazardous you've got so much going on well i would imagine too jamie that um you know learning that with this crew moving can be an offensive attack or not an attack but an offensive mood more than attacking to your point absolutely yeah moving yeah. engaging things um making stuff walk a certain way across um through through things i mean even positioning a model so that they have to move through jacuna or into right. jacuna or into montresor's aura to keep the staggered on at the end of the turn by blocking another way that they could have gone there's loads of things going on how about for you mike what did you discover after you got several games in uh definitely on jamie's point with positioning is going to be massively key because both positioning for you and where you push your opponent can be really backbreaking. You can stack up those auras, just take that betrayal aura off Lady Ligia. It's, well, hey, now I got to discard to cheat, and that's really annoying. Well, now you have to discard to cheat, and you're really slow, so you can't get away. And anything you do to even, like, if you're trying to hit Jakuna because you're stuck near, that's re-encounterance. Well, no, I'll just concentrate. I'll get past it. Ah, uh, you just took a damage to concentrate to take the attack, which is another damage. And it's just knowing like you got to kind of pay attention to watching, try to force your opponent into if they don't need to focus, but you put them in a situation where now they really need to focus and that's bad for them, putting them in the right position where, Hey, they have to do this or else you have to play my game or else. Right. And, and learn, learning how to, um, to, to force them right with, yeah. with your movement, with their positioning, with your ability to impact their positioning. Uh, that's a lot of moving parts. Um, and, and it, and it's one of those things when you listen to it, you know, a deep dive like this, it sounds like, boy, I mean, this is, this is a crazy, you know, how, there's no way to beat you. I mean, you, you get a mentality that it's unbeatable, but you don't realize, I think a lot of times when you're playing against a Jack Daw crew, just how much, um, how much headspace it takes to, to, to set up this just nastiness. Um, so I would imagine practice must be key. Very much so. Yeah. Because another resource not really talked about is your actual mental state. If <laughs> I play against you and like, Hey, I fly in, I execute your big beater. What are you going to do now? Uh, you've mentioned in previous podcasts where one of the things you had to break past was as soon as somebody hits you, you don't immediately retaliate. Yeah. If I fly in there and I mess you up and now you're tilted and you're like, well, I just want to kill something. Don't swing right back at the hanged. That's your worst move. Right. You're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. And again, you're going to end up playing Jack's game, right? Yeah. But at the same time for the Jack player, the keys, I'm little like all these little things I'm setting right into place to make you do that. It's a lot to figure out, too. Yeah, a lot to keep in your head. So out of curiosity, Mike, if someone is going up against a tormented crew, what does Jack not want to see or what does he not want to see you do? Oh, there's a whole list of things I can give for this. Mainly, well, let's give a couple. <laughs> mainly, he really doesn't like conditions. 
which is why Bone Pile were a really good thing, or Ruthless. In Rezzers, he has ways around them. If you see Outcast Daw, go all out. He has pretty much no answers to your counters now. Mm-hmm. But like Stunned, we've talked about that on your heels trigger being a really great safety button to get out with the guilty or to fly into your face and ruin you. If I'm stunned, my bonus to Fickle Tormentor and redraw or re-completely heal him, that took an action now. Yep. If I'm stunned, I can't execute you. If I'm poisoned or burned, that's more little ticks of damage where he's really great at taking this massive, you flipped a severe, I'm going to do six damage. No, it's one. Yeah. Well, if you deal me one, and then I burn for one, and the poison ticks for one, and your little minion pops a shot at me for one, yep. that's four damage. Yeah, It the takes a lot more, but little ping damages and certain conditions are really rough on Jack. Yeah, that makes sense. How about for you, Jamie? What are things that you hate to see? Yeah, uh, those are the main two, conditions and ruthless. Um, ruthless is such a big thing um for jack because that is the biggest part of his defense is that you don't have the cards to pass is terrifying and that you're having to discard a card to cheat against it and waste so many resources to get through it that then he can just execute your models so ruthless is a big thing conditions for exactly the reason that michael discussed are a big thing as well um depending on how you build your crew if you do go for the auras um things that ignore hazardous um can be a bit of a, a pain but Ultimately, if we're talking about countering Jack, he is one of the most important keywords to tailor against. If you don't tailor against Jack, you are going to have just the worst time. Um, But you can build most most keywords and most uh, factions have answers in there and you may be paying for a premium for models that you wouldn't normally take but you will need them you'll need that ruthless you'll need the ability to ignore has to strain you'll need you'll need the ability to heal your models draw cards have shielded so that the ping damage doesn't affect you whatever it is you need mm-hmm. answers to the things that jack's the problems that jack poses you because if you don't have the answers you just there's nothing you can do because jack's only going to be bought in a game that he's good in He's right. not. He's not a keyword that you'll take in every game because he's like he is a lot of fun to play with, but he's not a keyword you take in every game because he is not. He's not versatile enough to do that. So if mm-hmm. he's playing in a game, he's good at it. And you, if you don't have the answers to him, it's going to ruin your hobby. <laughs> um, so I'm going to flip this a little bit, Mike. How do you handle if someone brings in two or three ruthless models, or if you know that they've declared a keyword that has a lot of ruthless in it? Um, is there anything a jack player can do? You can take one certain model that I've thought of out of keyword. It's in Reva and Seamus's, so it's Red Shopper Revenant, Mourner. It has the Weeping Widow ability. That's another six-inch aura to deal with that ignores your Ruthless. Uh, like we mentioned, Bone Pile was a nice little trick tech in to deal with conditions. If you know you're facing somebody like Kairos, where there's going to be burning and injured, you can try to kind of tech yourself into against your counters using Rezzers. But I did want to mention one more big counter, and this was kind of that second level countering beyond it, is being really careful how you hire into Daw. Because it's going to be a little more expensive to take those counters, but you have to be really careful if you take upgrades or not, and how many excess stones you bring. Because I want to completely ruin your resources. I don't want you to have a hand. I don't want you to have stones. I don't want you to have so many models. So another trick to counter against him 
and I had to learn this facing a guy who brought almost 10 stones consistently learning to play a summoning master is if you overtake your stones and you don't take that upgrade or two, you normally would. Those two more stones that you didn't spend on an upgrade, that upgrade, you helped me. Those two right. stones and you just didn't take your upgrade, that's a massive swing in your favor. That's two more times I have to try to execute you or do so much damage you stone it away that that's that much longer before I can just start instant killing anything I want. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, guys, let's take one more break. And when we get back from this break, um, I want to kind of learn from uh, both of these guys. What are some of the biggest mistakes that they see experienced Malifaux players make? We'll be right back. Howdy, friends. Here on the third floor, you'll find us playing Malifaux and other games on Mats by Mars. They are scratch-resistant, waterproof, wet erase marker compatible, and lighter than neoprene. Mats by Mars gives you over 40 designs to choose from. Pick a mat size, pick a design, then choose an overlay like the one for Marvel Crisis Protocol or Malifaux 3rd Edition. It will speed up deployment and the placement of strategy and objective markers. If you're going to Adepticon this year, be sure to check out the Mats by Mars booth. Until the end of March 2020, you can use the new promo code Third Floor 320. That's Third Floor 320 to get a 10% discount on your next order. In the notes, you can ask for the Third Floor logo to be put on your mat for free. Again, use the promo code Third Floor 320 to get a 10% discount. Details are in the show notes. So one of the value of having, uh, you know, two guys that have been playing Malifaux for a long time on the show is um, they've seen a lot of things. Um, so I'd be curious, Jamie, um, you've seen a lot of high level play. You've played against a lot of experienced players. Um, I would want I would wonder what are some common mistakes you see good players make when they're playing Malifaux? There's to be honest, there's everyone's got their own weakness. Um, and the, the more you play people, you you learn their 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 weakness or their their fall down I guess is a way to put it Achilles like, heels yeah so the thing that they I think there's lots of there's so many mistakes you can make um, and the, everyone seems to the, the more you focus on one thing you can sort of drop the ball on another thing um, it, it ultimately like I think rather than it's a hard one to answer because it is there are so many I think it's just the the more experienced you get, the less mistakes you make, and that is what puts you as an experienced player. Um, I think people get ahead of themselves sometimes, um, and you can. The, the biggest one is fixating on your plan and not seeing the game evolve around you, and how actually that the counters already happened, uh, but maybe right. you haven't seen it until it's too late. Well, let's shift it then a little bit, Jamie. What are some things that are some you think intermediate? players so, so people that you you play them and you say you know what you've got the tools to be a top table player but but you got to stop doing this what are some of the things that you think prevent people from being consistent podium finishers um so forgetting that points mean prizes um, <laughs> that, that is literally a phrase i say to myself in games is points mean prizes when i go so say i go to do something and it doesn't work out um, I go to kill a model. It doesn't kill. It doesn't work out. And then I've got. I've. I, I'd in my head. I'd planned for that model to not be on the board, and I put the right resources in place. But something had happened. Like they'd stoned three, or I'd flipped a black joke, something like that. Now, 
it's so easy to then go, cool, well, I've got to dedicate another model to that. And then actually, but that model had a job, it had a role. And actually that turn you take it out might be the turn that it doesn't actually, you look at it the next turn or to the two turns later and go, well, actually now it doesn't have enough actions to go and place all the scheme markers I need it to place or to get to where it needs to be to score me this point um, or to get to, it's not in the right place to stop my opponent doing this. Um, it's just in case you, everyone, you need to have, have, um, have your plan, but if it doesn't go the way you want it to, not sacrifice um, things that are important, and you need to look further. The, the right. thing, ultimately, and this comes down to actually the, the bigger overarching point is you need to be playing ahead. You need to have looked into the future <laughs> and know actually how many actions is it going to cost me to do this? How many models do mm-hmm. I need to 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 have? In, in place to make this happen and you need to look at points being the most important thing actually if you dedicate one model to do something to score you your points and that doesn't work out you need a backup for that if you do, if you're trying to kill models you don't necessarily need a backup for that um it's you've got to, you've got to have a plan for your points and not get distracted from it well and it sounds like you're also saying you you need to be flexible Right. You need to be able to go to plan B when plan B, it, it might be better than what plan A was based on what thing went out. One of the big things that you mentioned, Jamie, that is, um, I think easily overlooked. And that is that it's, it's arguable that actions are the most important resource in the game. And, you know, when you, uh, outside of summoners, when you start the game, you know how many potential actions you have. It's the number of models you have times their actions times the number of turns. And it, there's, you know, you have to, ma- you have to manage that. Um, so I think those are uh, some really good call outs. How about you, Michael? What are some things that, um, maybe those intermediate players out there might want to, uh, really start to focus on in order to, uh, really take their play to the next level? What are some mistakes they should avoid? I would say talking to your opponent pregame a little bit. And finding out what their crew does in a sense. Cause I think a big issue that people have had where we always hear after every tournament, Lynch is OP, Zareda is OP, Leviticus is OP, is you gotta look at what your opponent does in a sense and avoid that. Especially dealing with somebody like Daw. If you understand, I'm gonna come in to your face, be aggressive, take your resources. I don't want you to be able to function. You need to not play my game. I want to draw right. you in. I want to throw off your game plan. I want to make you play my game. And I think people need to look at like what Barney said. You need to go into figuring out what do I need to do and not what can I do at this moment? Yeah. Yeah. I think it looking into the future, right? Um, uh, I think that's, and this is going to be a, a- uh, kind of a plug for myself and uh, the podcast listening to the deep dives, I think helps with that too. Doesn't it? Mike is learning, you know, even if you don't listen to the counters piece, just learning what the crew does um, and having that overall meta knowledge um, about what you're going to be out there facing. Um, so, you, you know, it's good to know what the keywords game is. So yeah. you don't play it. I completely agree with that too. Mike, do you have any uh, plugs? No. All right. <laughs> How about you, Jamie? Love on third or four wars. Uh, thanks, man. How about you, Jamie? Um, yeah, so tickets for the UK Nationals went on sale, well, uh, today for the time of recording, but probably not today when it comes out. Yeah. Um, but it's we normally get quite a few international visitors. It'd be great to see loads of people turn up. It's, I, I believe, previously been the biggest event in the world for Malifaux, um, and it's it's grown, um, so it's sort of doubled in size. It's amazing. Since, um 
since the first one of M3. So it'd be great to see it continue to grow. And obviously, last year we had the whole podium filled up with uh, international visitors. So let's um, let's see if we can get some more in this year. <laughs> no, it's great. It is honestly the highlight of the Malifaux year for yeah. us. I mean, it's we don't have the sort of convention events that you guys have over there, but. The UK Nationals is awesome, and then we, we go out and have the social bit afterwards as well. It's just a really good event. If you can and um, were thinking of coming to one event in the UK, that is an event to come to. Yeah, I've been talking to a couple guys about trying to figure out when we can get out there um, because it's that's on my bucket list is to uh, to be there and lose at Nationals. Um, so, uh, and I agree, Jamie. It, if in all ways you measure things, I think it has to be the premier event right now um, in in the world for for Malifo. Well, gentlemen, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I think that this is an exciting keyword. Um, I think this is going to be good for DAW, DAW players as well as uh, that are probably going to end up facing against DAW. And for those of you that uh, stuck around to the end, take care. Be sure to check out our shop on thirdfloorwars.com for the latest gaming apparel and gear. While you're there, check out how the USFO Tour is shaping up. How does your conference compare to the others in the United States? Where do you rank nationally? Get those models built, painted, and on the table so we can see you at the U.S. Masters Invitational in October of 2020. Also, rate and write a review on this podcast for us. It really helps us find people almost as cool as you are. Thanks for listening. Howdy friend, Craig here. Is this episode making you realize you need to buy some models? Gadzooks Gaming is my favorite online retailer because of their large selection, killer prices, and great customer service. Don't you hate buying an entire crew box when you only need one model? Gadzooks sells crew box models individually and saves you a ton of money. They even have free shipping to the U.S. and Canada if you spend $100 or more. Swing by gadzooksgaming.com and make sure you tell them Craig from the third floor sent you. All the details are in the show notes. Howdy folks, Craig here. Now if you love gadgets as much as we do, you're going to love the new Third Floor Wars Gadget Bundle from Schooner Labs. Branded with the logo of your favorite podcast, it comes with two measuring multi-tools, a compass stepper for those tight and important movements, along with a compact dashboard to track your turn, strat, and scheme scoring along with your soul stones and pass tokens. It is the perfect bundle for anyone who plays Malifaux or just wants to look cool while doing it. The link is in the show notes. Check them out and help support your favorite gaming podcast. Um, but something like plant explosives or corrupted ley lines where they can get away. Oh, I've just said the name of the new strat, haven't I? <laughs> so start it again. Some, something like... You have to really look back at your crew and go, well, I've lost a lot of my tricks. What can I do now? And when he takes all of that away, I'm sorry, I blanked out on the question. Uh, how often is he seeing turn five? Oh, but whenever you have no resources left. All right. Not bad. Under 15 minutes. That's good. I thought he would take a little bit longer than that, but you guys know what you're talking about. That helps. There is so much, like there's, there is so much, and we, to be fair, we haven't mentioned loads of stuff on him, but he does yeah. so. There's so many different things to remember, so we'll just cover it as we go through exactly. different sections. Yeah, yeah. I had yeah. somewhere I was about to go with that rant, but I just kind of blanked out on where I was trying to end at. I just like no, that's oh, no. that's all right. I mean, it'll come up throughout the whole podcast. Yeah. Um, and a lot of times, it's better to learn something about him in context than it is just to mention it in isolation. So but it was really good because you just mentioned we're about to say something about like a beater, like who's going to be doing the damage. Yep. And that's actually what I was trying to get to was 
he gets to turn five because the amount of resources wasted. If you even look at Dawn, you say, I want to kill him. It takes so much to get him down to dead that it's rarely worth it. Right. All right. Well, let's um, I'll start with you then, Michael. Let's talk about uh, maybe one or two key core core models that you always bring in. We'll start with the totem and then you can add one more and we'll go to Jamie. All right. Talking about this is reminding me why no one wants me to play Jack. <laughs> I haven't played him yet. I don't have him painted, but uh, I've been dying to do this with you guys because uh, it makes me want to. That's for sure. If, if you if you if you play him well, and the thing the the good thing about Jack, and I think it's good for the for the state of the game, is that he only plays well in a couple of scenarios yep. and a couple of deployment types. Otherwise, he's pretty naff. But I mean, not you could take him in anything, but you you just there's just better choices. But he is horrendous like Matt Matt's a, Matt is a really good player but yeah. he just he literally hates it he says it is the worst experience he's had ever playing Malifaux and he used to play my Nico week in week out like <laughs> see funny thing is though is, the where we're at in NC everyone is a glutton for pain I show them Dawn and they're like that is bullshit and I'm like damn right they're like I hate it do it again I want to find out how to beat it and I'm yeah. like I can explain how to beat it but it's still a back-breaking process to do it. It still takes yeah. so much to do. It is never really worth it. Yeah, I've got a feeling that that segment's going to be a, a big one for us. Um, so, uh, Jamie, you've been through this, but uh, Michael, with with this segment, we're not going to go through every scheme, every strategy. So um, I'll probably start with Jamie to pick out uh, maybe one uh, strategy or one uh, strategy slash deployment that he works well in. If you can uh, provide a backup. Um, the one thing to keep in mind for this, though, and it may, may we may not be in a situation where, where we have two scenarios, is you got to think about competition. So it's not that Jack's good in it, it's Jack's better than Molly in it, better than McMorning, better than um, you know Von Schill, because um, he's Jack has to compete against the other Reser Masters. Definitely. And then we'll do the same thing with schemes, just one or two, maybe three schemes that he does well in, and then uh, one or two schemes not to take. All right, I think it's going to be pretty easy to summarize that in one section about because it's it's more to be it's more about he's good in things where you are in a certain place in the board okay. and not otherwise. All right, well let's start. We'll start there then, Jamie. Nice and efficient. I appreciate the uh, prep, Mike. Definitely. I actually have a little notebook sitting in front of me. I've been flipping back and forth. I've had the app pulled up on the tormented cards and trying to jump to the upgrades. Oh, yeah. I've missed quite a few little things. I was wanting to try to touch on a bit more, but it's nothing super. You're not going to cover all of it, dude. I don't know. But I mean, it's nothing yeah. super critical, which I don't feel yeah. as bad about. The big thing I want to kind of touch off of and get towards the end was a. Uh, you guys actually just kind of name dropped it was the playing my game because mm -hmm. I think that'll be that big thing that kind of helps all the crews everywhere is like hey well if I stop playing your game and I start playing the game I can yep. start really pulling against stuff like Levy or Daw Ironsides is like that next level of like if you look at your opponent and go hey I don't want to do this thing people just run straight into it way too much yeah Hello. How are you, sir? No, because my camera's off. They can't see me. <laughs> Put your clothes back on, goddammit. <laughs> Wait, me or him? Just me no, you're fine, on. Mike. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, so what do we, uh, just give me an idea. What are we looking at uh, for you, Jamie, in second level play? 
Uh, it's, it's mostly going to be remembering all the different auras and stuff like that. Um, a lot of it's going to be about actually sometimes it's better. No, no, I can do it. Come on. Um, okay. Um, sometimes, see you later. <laughs> sometimes it's better to move into the right position where actually you're going to be putting three or four models in a really bad position um, than it is to try and waste cards getting an attack off that you could save for later to actually if they then invest resources trying to pass that terrifying you're defending that attack and, and putting them in even worse a position right how about you mike it's pretty much going to be about the same thing it's going to be a mix between positioning and getting a lot better feel of when to focus or when to do multiple attacks okay cool um i'm gonna start with you then jamie is that all right um and mike i yeah. like the i like that focus discussion because i think that's something that extends beyond jack so that's good 